1: reaction to Celtic Rangers on a Celtic State of Mind. My name is Laura Bradburn and I'm joined yet again by Kevin McCluskey. How are you doing, Kevin?
2: Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yes, that was our most enjoyable Uh, 90 minutes.
1: It was a most enjoyable 90 minutes. Perhaps not the rip-roaring second half that we were hoping for at half-time, but um, give me your thoughts on the second half. What did you think of that? I
2: thought it kind of... I'll say that one again. I thought it flew by, but in a mm. different way to the first half. So the first half, yeah. I thought we were like obviously dominant in controlling the game. Second half, um, it was like fifteen minutes to go before I realised it. You know, we didn't maybe offer that much in the game, but or in the second half, but neither did Rangers. We allowed them a lot more of the possession. We lowered our intensity. They just sat back, soaked everything up, and then, mm. I mean. Again, kind of looking through notes, and that all my notes are substitutions are yellow cards. There was no real chances until maybe Goldson's right at the very end. Mm-hmm. It was such a comfortable second half.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a an interesting point there, is there. Like I think we talked about it at halftime a little bit of like trying to decide whether we had control of the match or whether Rangers were poor. And I think one thing that I certainly saw from the second half was that we could have allowed Rangers a lot more of the ball and they still weren't able to create chances. Do you think that was a big, big factor in it?
2: Yeah, like you say, second half, I think Ryan Jack made a big difference for them coming on. He mm. seemed to offer a lot more in the midfield for them. But obviously having the cushion of the three goals, we could, we could just allow them the ball and they were doing nothing with it. Ryan Kent mm-hmm. did nothing. Anytime he was getting forward, his, his final ball was really poor. Diallo, who I was kind of looking forward to seeing how he would perform in the first half, did nothing. Sakala did a little bit more in the second half, but Mm -hmm. really they they were poor. And yeah, we we could have allowed them all of the ball in the second half, and I don't think they were going to trouble us.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree with that. Looking at some of the positives from the Celtic team, you know, everybody's going to come out of this game understandably talking about Hatati and his two goals, but. I think a player that a lot of people seem to be talking about and seem to be reflecting on his performance was was Jiranovic at right back. What did you make of the performance he put in both in the first and second half?
2: Yeah, I thought he was excellent throughout the whole game. His link up playing the right-hand side going forward (coughs) with O'Reilly and Abada was really good.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: Defensively as well, he was putting in a shift. He was coming back. Uh, kind of right place at the right time a few times um, mm-hmm. you know, the last ditch tackles a little uh, flips from, from crosses to, to clear it away I overall I thought he was was really good probably one of his best performances for us um, kind of a, an all round good performance from us uh, but one in, one player I actually thought had a really good game today for his standards at least was Carol Stafford mm-hmm. you know we kind of yeah yeah he, he, he gets a bit of abuse at times but today, I thought he was really solid. He had maybe one slack pass with about 10 minutes to go that he, he got lucky with. The ball kind of rebounded to him, and he was able to get it wide to Juranovic. But other than that, I thought he was excellent at the back as well, and he'll probably be one of those guys that will go under the radar at uh, his mm-hmm. performance today. But yeah, um, I, th- I think he needs a little bit of praise. But I, you're spot on about he was He was different class as well.
1: I think the I think the four across the back really did well. Another player that I think um, sometimes, and I, I include myself in this, maybe gets a bit of a hard time, um, perhaps because he's not up to the, the quality of the rest of the the eleven that we've got. But but he put in a good performance tonight again. Was Greg Taylor? Um, did you think he was solid enough on the le- on the left hand side for us?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm probably one in the minority that's uh, quite a fan of Taylor. I think he's mm-hmm. our best option at left back. 'cause he's he's not a particularly fancy player. Mm-hmm. Um you know we were used to Kieran Tierney is the he's he's the, the archetypal Celtic left back now. He's the, the standard bearer that you've got to live up to. Bombing yeah. forward and, and being that, that great attacking outlet as well. That's not Taylor's game, but he's pretty steady. Um, he's growing into this sort of inverted full back that Ange likes as well. You see him um, coming into the centre of the park and becoming an kind of additional centre midfielder almost. Um mm-hmm. and he did that quite a lot today. He was pulling actually Diallo inside a lot, which again is leaving space for um Yota, it was on the left to, to get forward. Mm-hmm. So I I thought I thought he had another good game and I'd say for me for me he's an underrated player and he takes a, a bit of unwarranted abuse at times. Mm-hmm
1: Lots of, lots of comments coming in. Uh, Neil Doran is uh, saying Juranovic was outstanding. Um, Ben515 is saying O'Reilly was brilliant. We'll go on to talking about him as well. Um, Shane Do- Donovan says Taylor was immense. All of the back four were amazing. Um, and uh, Silky Skills85 says um, that nobody let us down today. Uh, fair play to all of them. And Stuart Cameron's just saying to you, um, Kevin, that well said. Starfelt finally had a good game, which I think, I think he certainly, you know, proved his worth tonight. He proved he was part of this unit at the back four that really shut down a lot of what Rangers were trying to do. And but obviously, a lot of what we do is about keeping going forward, keeping the pressure up, going going forward, which is a a great skill of ours. Looking at the the forward line, obviously going back again to talk a little bit about the Starman Hatati, um. <sighs> I can't remember having such a defensive midfielder for us who's also, oh, I wouldn't even say defensive because he does get forward, but he seems to be able to do so much and yet he's such a goal threat as well. Do you think he, um, What what is your opinion of or your understanding of what his position is? Because sometimes I find it hard to pin down exactly what kind of midfielder he is.
2: Yeah, I think it, it becomes difficult these days because we've got players that are a, a number six and number eights and tens, and I think it gets confusing a lot of the maybe new terminologies of what a player is. For me, hadhati is just a central midfielder. I mean mm. that in the in the nicest way possible. You know, yeah. he plays he plays in the centre of the midfield and he does everything in there that you you want a centre midfielder to do. He can mm-hmm. tackle, he can cover the ground, he can pass, he can shoot. He's he's the complete central midfielder.
1: Yeah, I think he. I think he is like. It's that kind of thing of the archetypal like box to box midfielder. Yeah. I think you would say like a like a Roy Keane or something like that. He's He's that kind of mould? Yeah. But he's certainly exactly. certainly settling in. Um, yeah, he's, looking... he's,
2: he's, um, he's the closest that we've had to a Stan Petrov probably mm-hmm. since in the, that was his role. That kind of box to box midfielder that did everything. Had the, had a bit of dig defensively,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: fantastic going forward.
1: That's actually a really good shout. I hadn't even thought of that comparison, but he is a bit like a Stan Petrov and something that actually, a type of player I don't think we've had since Stan Petrov, and that's what you know going on fifteen years now, which is uh, horrible to think about. But, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, looking at the up front as well, I know that Yakimakis had his fair fair share of chances. Um, some of them he missed tonight, some of them he didn't, but. I still felt that he played a role in uh, keeping the defence busy for Rangers. Do you think there's a role for him, even if he isn't chipping in with goals constantly, mm-hmm. do you think he still provides something for the team to play around and to work around?
2: I think there is. Like mm-hmm. in, the, in the preview we were saying that, I think there's a player in there with him, but he just hasn't mm-hmm. shown it enough. Um, mm-hmm. He did against Hearts and he was in a physical confrontation in that game and he, he stood up to it and he was more than a match. I think it was the same today. It was a physical confrontation up against Goldson and Bassi at the back for Rangers. <coughs> and he he matched them for the time he was on. His movement was good for the three chances that he missed, and and you've got to say that a good striker gets in there to have to. He's there to missed them, basically. And mm, mm. um, if one of them then goes in, that changes his game entirely. Yeah, and you know, he, he maybe goes on, he gets another couple. Um, I think there is a role for him. I think he needs more games to grow into the team. But if he can keep on performing at, at the level he did today, then he, he could be a really good asset for us going forward.
1: Yeah, I think I think he could be as well. I think, um, like you say, you can't sometimes when they're just not going in for you. The best you can say is that he's in the position because those chances will start going in even if they hit off him and go in. He's, he'll find his form eventually. Um, Brian Maku says Gigi was very unlucky tonight. He looked deflated when he came off, but enjoying himself at the, the end, encouraging Hatate to join in. That's one thing I wanted to say to you as well, Kevin. Is like. I noticed it with um, quite a few of the interactions I've seen post games and stuff like that um, in the past couple of weeks. I saw it when Doke came off after his debut that Jota and, and um, Abada, I think, no Jota and Juranovic were being very encouraging to him. You're seeing players who aren't always getting a game still having that that team atmosphere. Is that a key part of what we've got here? Not just the way that we're playing.
2: I think it is. Absolutely is and. Excuse me again. Uh, as we were talking before, we were looking back in the previous eighteen months, and we mm. were losing games because we didn't have a team spirit to get us through them.
3: Mm.
2: And now you could tell there was a bit of infighting going on, uh, different factions within within the team. Now it's all changed, and the win against Under United at the weekend was it was a team win. You know, the the mm-hmm. whole team fought for each other, they drove each other on, and then you could see by the celebrations at the end that. You know, Abada didn't go off by himself to take the glory. He was happy to share it with everyone, and yeah. it's, it's it's great to see. Uh, <coughs> me, and that's that's the mark of a good team when you've got everybody pulling together. We haven't had it for long enough, and it's great to see it back.
1: Mm-hmm. It's it's an interesting thing to see um, the the fact that, like you say, the togetherness from the team. You know, I can remember being on this stream multiple times last season, as you were. And we were talking about all sorts of different things that weren't working at the club from board level down through off the field coaching, team management. And the old adage is true. If it's all going right on the park, you kind of forget about all that. And it just kind of works, which seems to be happening just now. Um, Looking at our opponents at Rangers, um, just for a little bit. Were you surprised at the lack of challenge from them tonight? Were you expecting more from them? Because I have to say, I, I was going into this one a little bit blind. I haven't seen an awful lot of them this season. I've been concentrating mostly on Celtic, as I'm sure everybody has. But I, I just kind of assumed that the team that uh, Stephen Gerrard had built up last season, given that the the personnel hasn't changed a lot, I was expecting to still see a strong performance from them tonight. They looked really, really dead
2: on their feet, didn't they? They did, they did um, I'm, I'm kind of the same, I, I don't watch Rangers I don't watch the games <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm only interested in Celtic when it comes to Scottish football yeah. uh, so obviously I'll, I'll watch highlights of games um, every now and again when I get the chance I'll read the reports I know the team set up from last season and they bossed us around the park four times I think last season really, we were really poor against them and they were very mm-hmm. good so I, I was expecting a lot more from them. You just think it's the same team as last year. Basically, they'll set up, they'll be solid and stodgy. And had to break down. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they would have been like that if they had lost to go after five minutes. But we, we blew them away. So whatever their game plan was after five minutes, it was gone. Um, and and I think, like, yeah, yeah, they they were poor, but we made them poor.
1: Uh, Joe Fulham on YouTube uh, also says, well, they also conceded three against Ross County. Fair point, Joe. That's a a fair comment to make. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on this one, Kevin. Um, uh, Dergamot says, uh, Jota is just different class. Such a pleasure to watch. I love that Ramsey was watching from the stands to see what's coming his way. Listen, I I do think Rangers have got a player in Aaron Ramsey. It remains to be seen whether he's the player that we remember from his Arsenal days or from his uh, Euro 2016 days with with Wales. But we'll we'll wait and see what happens there. But Jota, Kevin... um, just an exciting player, I think. Just somebody that gets you off your seat watching him. What, what did you make of his performance tonight? I can see the smile on your face already.
2: Uh, oh, I've got a man crush on Jota. I'm not even scared <laughs> for a He's he's an unreal player, uh, and you don't know how lucky you are if you get to go and watch him every week. You yeah. know, being out here in Hungary, I've only I've only seen him live in the flesh once, and that was when we played Ferencváros, and. Mm it's the little things that he does that impress me immensely. When you watch a game on the TV and you're seeing these main actions, <coughs> excuse me, but when you watch him a game, if you just watch him for five or ten minutes, his movement is, is unreal. He's always on the move looking for space. When the ball comes to him, it's the deft touches that take a player out of the game or that just set something up. He's, he's so alert um, that, I mean... If we make one signing in the summer, it has to be him. If we only made one, it would have to be him. He's he's just such a great player. He says he's a guy that gets you in your seat at first to go to the game, and then out your seat yeah. because you're so excited to watch him.
1: Yeah, it's it's been an absolutely unreal uh, time to have him with us. Do you think the chances I I don't know, I I would love to think that he'll sign for us, I'd love to think that the atmosphere is is good enough, but he's also been putting in performances that I'm sure will be catching the eye of other clubs Uh, What do you think the chances are of him getting a permanent deal at Celtic?
2: If we don't offer him one then (laughs) there's something wrong. Uh, And then you know, if we offer him a deal, it's up to him whether he takes it. Uh, I'm sure other teams have been watching him. I'm, I'm sure he's caught the eye. But where else is he going to get 60,000 fans that adore him the way that we do? Where mm-hmm. else is he going to get an atmosphere like he's experienced tonight? Mm-hmm. You know, If he goes back to Benfica, um, I'm sure the derby against Sporting and against Portal is big, but I don't think it's as big as the Glasgow derby. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure their European nights are fun, but if he gets a Champions League night at Celtic Park, that's the best atmosphere in football. So I think you know if, if he's if if he's serious about his career as well, Celtic's the place for him to go. He'll, yeah, he'll be a first team player next season. He'll be in the shop window, and if he wants to go to England after a year or two, he'll probably go with your blessing, uh, mm. as long as we're getting a good fee for him. But yeah, you know, if if we if if we've got him just now, we've got him in the door. We should just lock it and don't let him out until he signs a contract. <laughs> it's as simple as that.
1: <laughs> I don't know if that's legal, so we'll we'll say we we'll are not it, sure it, about it, that it, one.
2: Aye, it might be kidnapped, but you know, it's it's all for a good cause.
1: <laughs> uh, no, I have it on good understanding from from some people that I know who follow Portuguese football that it was nowhere near. Getting in the Benfica first team, which I don't understand from their point of view, but he was nowhere near. So hopefully, you know, from a selfish Celtic point of view, they're not watching too closely. And we we can take advantage of saying to him, Listen, you've got a chance to be, be a first team player here next season. Um mm-hmm. uh, and I hope he does. But um 1969 Reaper Man says, What a birthday I'll have yeah. tonight. Hail hail, and se- he certainly will. That's happy birthday, birthday. Man. <laughs> Yeah, happy birthday. Um I'm looking ahead at the fixtures that we've got coming up over the next couple of weeks. The, the next one's obviously against Motherwell in the league. We've obviously now got that point. Um, got that point ahead of Rangers. We've now got a. I think it's a ten goal goal difference um, against them. Looking at the way that we are playing, look at the opposition we had tonight. Looking at the fixtures we've got coming up, what do you think of our chances of? of Keeping that lead or extending it? Do you think we're in are we in a good place right now? Do you think, or is there still a bit of work to be done?
2: <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> uh, I, I I think we're in a good place. You know, I, I'm not sure. We're we're not 16 games or something like that without defeating the league. It might even be more. I'm not sure. But we're on a mm-hmm. we're on a good run. As it is, we've just outclassed um, the current champions. The team that was top of the table, the team that should be our biggest rivals, played them off the park really tonight. So in theory, we're looking at playing, you know, again, lesser opposition. Mm. Obviously, Motherwell and Aberdeen in the next couple of games, both away, they'll be up for it. They're not easy games, but we've got a momentum behind us now that you've got to think should see us through that. Um, mm-hmm. We've got players to come back from injury, from suspension. So you'd imagine we'll only get stronger.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's 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 without even talking about the players that we've got to come back. I mean, we were without Turnbull, we were without Kyogo, we were without Rogic. You know, I, I'm excited for the future, which I never thought I'd say. Just a, a word and a bit of a mention about Ange Postacoglu. Obviously, we don't get a lot of time on on the pod together. Um, so I don't get to ask you about it often, but Ange Postacoglu, can you believe the turnaround he's brought about this Celtic team? Can you believe the guy we've got our hands on? Because I'm sure sure there's plenty of people in the chat, plenty of people on this podcast who were doubting his credentials before we Mm. knew anything about him, but there's nobody can say anything like that now, can they?
2: Oh, definitely not. No, I think... I think we're, we've surpassed our wildest dreams at the moment, really. It's the way we are. We've won the first trophy. We've mm. overcome a, a dodgy part at the start of the season and we've just grown and grown and grown as the season's gone on. Mm-hmm. He's he's rebuilt an entire squad that was falling apart at the seams. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we were all kind of saying, if, if we're in a competitive position come the new year, he's done a great job. Mm-hmm. Well, Two, three games after the new year, we're top of the league. So, you know, he's he is he's exceeding the expectation. Uh, apparently, his first season is always his worst. So, if this is as bad as it's going to get, <laughs> you know, uh, bring on next year already. You know, it's yeah. He's uh, he's he's definitely. I think he's won over all the doubters that he would ever have had, and he's he's done mm-hmm. it doing things his way, playing that football that he's he's wanted to play right from the start. So you've got to hand it to him for that.
1: Yeah, Kevin M is agreeing with you on YouTube saying this is the age of Ange. It certainly is. Um, I think he I think he said the other day that, uh, you know, somebody asked him, you know, you're known for flipping teams when you come in at first. And he did admit that this is maybe one of the biggest upgrades he's had to make in terms of signings and things like that. We were plenty warned by people um, who knew his football better from Japan and Australia, like you say, that this would potentially be the worst season that we would have. I I think my only concern about Ange uh, for the future is, or not about Ange, but for Ange for the future is, that like so many other Celtic managers before him, the only way he can be limited in what he can do is how limited the board's imagination is. Because I think what's clear to see is, if you let Ange do what he wants to do, you're going to get results because he identifies good players, he brings them in at cheap money and he gets them to play the football he wants. Do you think the Celtic board, for as inflexible as they've been in the past, can look at the performance of tonight, the performances of, of recent weeks and say, you know, this guy knows what he's doing, we have to back him to the full hill. Or do you think, unfortunately, we're looking at history repeating itself?
2: No, uh, I think... I think they've got to back him. Mm. Um, you know everything that he's done, with whatever limitations he's had so far, he, he, it's just been success after success. Like he, and everything he's touched, turned to gold so far for us. I actually, I actually think, um, and a rare thing for me to think of this: the board has backed him, and they have been good mm. with Ange, because you know previously we would never have gone to Japan and signed three players. For example. Mm-hmm. Oh, we would never have had three players from anywhere come in on the first day of the January transfer window. But Andy's mm-hmm. gone in, he's, he's told them straight off, these are the three that I want. They they will fill gaps in the squad, get them in. And the mm-hmm. board has backed them, They've done it. So I'd like to hope that would continue. And he's got the proven track record at the moment that you know he can spot a player and he can develop a player. So but yeah, I, it's, I'd like to hope it would continue and starting with Jota being the first one into through the door and then, you know, <laughs> whoever, whoever else Andrew wants, just go and get Don't, him.
1: don't forget Carter <laughs> Vickers either. I'd love to see him come in the door as well. I'll um, second that one. Yeah, talking about those January transfers and the, and the early way in which they were brought in, so often for, for Celtic it's not a case where we bring in those um, those early transfers and get our deals done early. How vital has that been, do you think, to the way that we've managed to pick up where we left off after the winter break?
2: I think it's been good. Yeah, for sure. Because, again, as you say, we, we normally leave it right until the end. And then we're scratching around and we're bringing in loan signings and it's like sticking plasters that we're bringing in. Um, players that you know aren't going to be there come the start of the following season. Mm-hmm. Um, but this season, say, we've brought three players in on day one. They had a couple of weeks to train and get up to speed and acclimatise to Scotland, and they've been in the team from the first game back. <coughs> Excuse me. So they, they've kinda, they've really become a part of the team straight away, and that's that's vital. That's huge because we're now we're now at the end of the window, and we're not having mm-hmm. to integrate any new players. They're already, you know, got that couple of weeks, which I think makes a big difference, you know. And we needed to add to the depth in the squad anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, actually getting them in this time for the first time in a while, being proactive, it's uh, it's paying dividends straight away.
1: It absolutely is. Um, just wanted to put this one up from Owen McGrandles that did make me giggle. Uh, imagine no possession. It's easy <laughs> if you try. Uh, yeah, I'm not trying to wind anybody up, but that did make me giggle a little bit. So I'll give him that. Yeah. Um, looking at looking ahead to the game at the weekend against Motherwell, this game tonight will have taken a lot of energy out of the team. It'll have taken a lot of um kind of you know a lot of Maida obviously has had the travel to come back. He came on at the end of the match. You know, there was plenty of players who played the full 90 minutes, and even the ones who didn't were knocking their pan in, for want of a better expression, for most of the match. Do you think there is going to be a hangover effect going into the weekend, or do you think we are getting to that stage now that our fitness is carrying us through these fixtures? Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I, I think it's it's more the latter. I think the players are getting used to uh, Angie's methods. Uh, I, you know, obviously, I haven't been to a training session, but I imagine these training sessions are as intense as the mm-hmm. games. Uh, so, I would I would think the players are getting fit uh, to to last the games now, and I. We've seen it in every game, really, this season, and certainly since we've come back from the winter break against Hearts and against Dundee United. This first hour of the game, we've gone out a hundred miles an hour, really, not mm. not relenting, keeping that intensity going, and we've been winning the games mainly within that first hour. Mm. Um, so, I, and then it's the same team basically that starts the next week. So, mm. I think I think now as well with having the five subs that we've got. Uh, he is actually able to rotate within the game, which is allowing them to play the same or majority of the same starting 11 week in, week out, which is mm-hmm. again another good thing that it builds consistency within the team selection.
1: Yeah, it's a massive, massive feature, something that we're crying out for. I remember early on in Angie's phase as manager. You know, he was struggling to get that 11 together because of lack of match fitness, injuries, all that kind of thing. And the fact that we've now got what we would call a recognised, not even a recognised back four, but a recognised 11. Um, it's it's really doing us a lot of good benefit. And yeah, the other thing I, seem, I really like about it is that we seem to be able to swap players in and out without too much drop off in the standard of play. Um, which is not always something that we had in the last couple of seasons where there wasn't such a massive um, dearth in talent between what you had on the pitch and what you had on the bench. Looking forward to the rest of the season, Um, obviously we're going to have some European football in the form of the Conference League. Um, We're going to have to look at balancing the squad in that manner and hopefully getting a full squad back in terms of strength. Do you think... um, do you think we've got what it takes to fight on all fronts? I've seen a couple of people saying tonight, you know, potentially looking at another treble. Obviously, we've, we've secured the League Cup. We're still in the Scottish Cup. We're top of the league now. What are the chances of us sweeping the board, do you think? Or am I, am I on cloud nine after <laughs> that result tonight?
2: Um, possibly a little bit of cloud nine, but why not? <laughs> after this, Why not? <laughs> Cup competitions take care of themselves. The run-off mm. games, so uh, I'm not going to say don't worry about it as such. You know, obviously, you want to win the Scottish Cup, but for me, the league's the priority now. So if, if we are going to prioritise one tournament over any other, it should be the league. Yeah. Um, I don't see how or why we can't win the treble, to be honest, because I think we're good enough to beat every team in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so in theory why not go for a treble? Um, and in terms of Europe, uh, I kind of feel now it's uh, it's a competition too far, in a sense, mm-hmm. because, you know, this is the third European competition we we'll have been in this season or something like that. It's, it's crazy. Uh, so um, I want us to do well in that competition as well. I think we can. I think we can get past Bodo Glimp, And then we'll see Mm -hmm. who we get in the next round. But again, I wouldn't be heartbroken if we went out after that. Mm -hmm. As long as we're able to focus on the league and we don't take our eye off that. That's the main concern for me.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people will agree with that. I think, you know, as much as we want to push ourselves forward and and break new barriers in in Europe, the league is always where it's going to be at for us. And We've got another birthday boy in the chat. It's my birthday, born in 57, Mappy we have 57 points i believe this is a sign we'll win the league i'm celebrating now <laughs> well i think Mappy's quite clearly just joined us up on cloud 9 so i'm sure we'll live to regret a lot of these statements that we're making tonight but hey if you can't have a if you can't have a go um at, at dreaming uh, after a result like that then when can you exactly. uh, we're going to
2: never knock a dreamer
1: never knock <laughs> a dreamer absolutely um thanks everybody for watching tonight um, it's been really great to have you on board from Facebook, Twitter, Twitch wherever you're watching you can subscribe to a State at Mind YouTube channel to get more content from Celtic related and others there's a fantastic interview with uh, Alan Thompson up on the channel so I would encourage you to get subscribed and get watching that um, I'll leave you to your celebrations whether they go into the wee hours or not or whether you delay them to the weekend and I'll say thanks to Kevin McCluskey for joining me on the show thanks again Kevin
2: yeah cheers thanks for having me on
1: thanks everybody and thanks everybody and hail hail we'll see you again soon